Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're continuing a series of shows that we're recording at uh, one of the most vibrant environments in which I do American Indian Living. We're at the ASI International Convention. It is being held in Houston, Texas. We're recording in August of 2017. And we're connecting with people who are making a difference in the heart of Indian country and beyond. Across from me for this segment of today's show is someone who is not a stranger to some of you who are regular listeners of American Indian Living. He is Lou Keith. Lou is the president of Butler Creek Health Education Center. Lou, it's great to have you with us. It's good to be with you, Dr. Duros. Now, Lou, although I don't think you've ever uh, formally been a guest on my show, many people know of you and work that you've done. You've been affiliated and connected with uh, many individuals who've been on the show because you are part of a, a growing number of people who are saying, let's get back to simple things and how they can make a difference in our health. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now and, and how you got there. Okay. To give you an example of what we're doing, we had a lady that came to our program several years ago. She had had breast cancer, had chosen for the surgery, had chemotherapy. And when I met her in her lecture room, her hair had fallen out. She was wearing a wig. Mm. And as I walked in, she was probably in her early 40s. And as I walked in, sat down, and introduced myself, and I knew the background. Mm -hmm. As I looked at her, you know, the question came, she's facing some challenges. Are they mental, physical, social, emotional, spiritual? What are the challenges this lady's facing? And it's obvious all of those above. I mean, she had challenges in the family. She worried about the cancer coming back. She was faced with all of these different problems and challenges. And the answer for those problems, it has to be mental, physical, spiritual, social, and emotional. And I realized that just physical lifestyle wasn't enough. Something mm. had to address all the aspects of her problems if she really wanted to get help. And so that's been the focus of our ministry to certainly give some simple principles of healthy living. People come, they have what we say chronic diseases, lifestyle diseases. Mm -hmm. and so we, we're teaching cause and effect, prevention is better than a cure. Mm -hmm. We give them a nice, healthy diet, get them on a good exercise program out in the country environment, and we do these other things. But if that's all we ever do, it's not quite enough. Hmm. Even, you know, attitude can influence your immune system. That's right. She wants the immune system to be strong to, you know, to fight any uh, cancer that may still be there, might be coming back. So it's got to be something that helps with the attitude and our outlook on life to make people positive. And there are some principles that we share. A merry heart, Proverbs seventeen twenty two. A merry heart doeth good like medicine, mm -hmm. but a broken spirit, you know, it just dries up the bones. Mm -hmm. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So, Lou, you basically are someone who, I mean, it's apparent just as we're talking here, is someone who comes from a Christian perspective as far as health. But as I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm saying, you know, I've got a lot of Native American listeners. Some are Christian. Many are not. Right. And as they're listening to what you're talking about, they're saying, well, this is just like our traditional values. I mean, we may not be Christians, but 
hey, we believe in treating the whole person. We're not interested in just taking care of the physical health. Do you find that these principles resonate across spiritual lines? I think the truth resonates. So Mm. when you have uh, spiritual principles, physical principles, emotional principles, when they are true, then I think people can recognize how, you know, it's simple, sincere, it's uh, rational, it makes sense, it works, it's free, you can't commercialize it. I think many people are recognizing the need for something different today, something better. Mm -hmm. And it's true what I'm saying now is from a Christian perspective, but I did not start out that way. Mm. My wife, when I married my wife, she was a Buddhist. She was, uh, at that time, we'd say a New Age Indian mystic and a spiritualist. She was into transcendental meditation, out-of-body experiences, Mm. reincarnation, and a thousand other things. Uh Uh-huh. Her mind was very open for alternative methods of healing and happiness. Okay. I myself was a redneck atheist, a criminal, a biker, and a dope dealer. Whoa. And I'd, I'd been in jail. So you can see when two people like that get married, <laughs> they, it's, it's, uh, it was fireworks. Huh. But we had no interest in physical health. I think we both were looking for something better. My wife is part Indian. And her uh, her name was uh, Little Little Heart. Little Deer was her mother. So we have some Indian background on my wife's side, but she was a Buddhist when I met her. Uh, I was nothing, and uh-huh. she believed everything. I believed nothing. We got married, and that was 36 years ago. And then uh, as time passed and as events transpired, I gained an interest in spiritual things. Hmm. I... Uh, Well, to make a long story short, I took my wife to a hospital, which was operated by a Christian organization, and there I met Christians for the first time. There I saw a man pray for the first time. Hmm. There I heard health principles for the first time that resonated with me, and I was not a Christian. Uh Just an example, the physician that attended us was a very nice man who's become a friend, Dr. Harold Cherney. Oh, sure. He got down on his knees, and he prayed for us, and again, I'd never seen a man pray. I uh-huh. was not interested in the Christian perspective at all, but my wife was sick. I had a great need. She was pregnant and would soon lose the child. And wow. three days later, I delivered a child. He died right in my hand. Oh, my. But to see the physician expressing an interest and a desire to help us, that transcended any kind of, huh. uh, whether Christian or Hindu or Muslim or Buddhist or whatever, that was universal need that we have for compassion Uh and that doctor gave that and he told me later for the first time i heard this philosophy that to maintain your body in good health is an obligation to our creator Hmm. to maintain the temple that houses our soul it's a responsibility to the one that made us and it blew me away i never heard that in my life huh but it made sense. Uh-huh, I thought, uh-huh. well, you know, if, if there's, and I was an atheist. Right, I thought, right. But I entertained the thought, if there's a God, if he made me, then maybe <laughs> I should consider the condition of this body uh-huh. that I'm occupying. I didn't realize that lifestyle medicine was really an extension of that thinking. And that when I understood it, I realized the choices that we make about our lifestyle can influence our health, not just physically, mm-hmm. but mentally and spiritually, mm-hmm. and socially and emotionally, and a whole new world opened to me. And I don't know if my interest was more in happiness or health, mm-hmm. but I could see the two were related. 
And then I hit this verse in the Bible, 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou might prosper and be in, and then it said it, health, even as I soul prospers. Hmm. Package deal. So I think my wife's background, uh, the Native American Indian, mm-hmm. the perspective of the whole man, uh-huh, all uh-huh. these qualities working together to make us who we are, it appealed to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is, I mean, it's an amazing story. And, and basically, as I'm hearing you tell the story, Lou, whoever's listening in today on American Indian Living, Lou and his wife basically come from where you're coming from, whether it's sure, a Native American sure. background, whether it's a, you're an atheist, whether you're a Christian, which is where I'm assuming you and your wife both sure. say you, you are today. Yes. But you're telling us that really we all have this basic need as human beings sure. for compassion and care, and we all have a responsibility to care for our bodies. And that transformed your outlook on living. Yeah, and, and the laws of health, you know, we, we share with our guests. It's a very simple program. We share with our guests some simple things they can do to, uh, if they have a lifestyle disease or chronic disease, they can reverse it. If they want to prevent it, they can do some things to do that. You know, nobody wants to get, I'm, I'm 61 years old now. You know, with the threat facing me is prostate cancer. Mm. My wife's about the same age, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. I do not want to get prostate cancer. I do not want my wife to get breast cancer. And so prevention is certainly better than cure. Mm-hmm. But a lot of folks, they don't know what causes it. Therefore, they don't know how to prevent it. So the simple principles, you know, cause and effect. You know, and that surprised me too. Proverbs 26, two, a curse doesn't come without a cause. Mm. A lot of these lifestyle medicine principles are contained in the Bible. So we're, uh, we're sharing these principles. We're sharing the simple things you can do. Uh, if you have hypertension, you're facing a heart bypass, osteoporosis, mm-hmm. all of these things, they respond when we change our lifestyle. Well, let's do this, Lou. Let's take from what you've been doing over the years. You've been running this uh, facility there at Butler Creek for quite a while now, 19 right? years. 19 years. So you've got a lot of experience as to how powerful these, like you said, simple principles are. They don't cost a lot of money, right? Free. Free. So anybody can do this, whether they're in uh, the Navajo Nation, whether in the Northwest, whether they're uh, in the Northeast, South. It doesn't matter where they're at. Certainly. Anybody can do it. Tell us, is there some way that you categorize these principles? Is there some easy way to remember what type of things you emphasize? Yeah, you know, the acronyms have been made. Basically, they deal with the simple features of the message. We Uh call it a health message. Okay. And I would say to make it very simple, it would include, you know, your diet, the foods you eat. Okay. And we we say if you can grow it in your garden, you can eat it. So our our menu there, if you just name what you grow in the garden, it's uh, plant-based and they're whole foods. We try not to process any of our foods. We Uh do a little maybe steam and and bake and boil, Mm -hmm. but try to get it as uh, an example. Uh, In fact, to illustrate the point, we had a uh, a weight loss program, an obesity program, weight management. I think we had 12 ladies in the program and they came in and we talked about diets Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, if you tried, they, they tried the uh, South Beach and the Atkins diet, sure. and the New Testament diet, and the Hallelujah diet, and all these diets, uh-huh. and it wasn't working for them. Okay. And I said, well, we have the Butler Creek diet. It uh-huh. is fail-proof, has never failed one time. And that, that really piqued their interest. Mm-hmm. And one lady was aggressive. She wanted to know, well, what is your diet? Mm-hmm. You know, give it to me. I said, wait just a couple of minutes. Let me, let me share a few things, and I'll give you the diet. And if you don't agree it's the best diet that you've ever had, uh, I'll eat both my shoes. 
Oh, wow. I'll put salt on them and eat both my shoes. And so she was up for the challenge. So we talked about simple lifestyle, some of the things that you can do. And at the end of the presentation, at the hour, I said to her what I just mentioned. I said, this is her diet. Mm-hmm. We go out into our garden. We cut broccoli. We steam it, put it on your plate. We go out to our garden. We shuck an ear of corn. We uh, boil it. We put it on your plate. We dig a sweet potato. We bake it in the oven, put it on your plate. We toss a green salad, put it on your plate. And I said, that's the diet. She looked at me, and she was uh, startled. She said, that's too simple. And I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, but that's it. We grow it in the garden, try to, you know, not fry. We don't fry food, you know, bake, boil, steam, mm-hmm. some raw foods, and have a nice mix of plant-based whole foods. And that lady walked out of there 30 days later and lost 18 pounds. Well, now here's the question, Lou, because some folks, I mean, we have listeners in Alaska. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, start talking about growing stuff in the garden. I mean, they've got a real short growing right. season. Uh, depending on where you live, I mean, you're in uh, Georgia. Yes, right. Longer growing season. Are you telling me that it's only fresh fruits that you bring right out of the garden, or do you preserve things? Or how do people deal with that in different parts of the world? All right. I've been doing health presentations in you know, more than like 35 countries. Okay, okay. Three years ago, I was just south of the North Pole, up in the Arctic Circle, wow. uh, working with, they were called the Nunavut people. Uh-huh. And uh, it was Arctic tundra. There was nothing green up there. It was all ice and, and, and rock and different things. And that was challenging, how to present our program yeah, in yeah. that kind of setting. And so what I did, and these were people, you know, they didn't have any kind of large financial base. Uh-huh. These were basically poor people living on seafood, uh and what they could shoot or catch. Uh-huh. Uh, one lady that came to the meetings, she had uh, she killed four polar bears, and she was a, a local native. And I said, did you shoot them? She looked about 30, 35 years old, very young. I said, did you shoot them? She said, no, we use the old technique. She said, you come up beside the polar bear, and as the polar bear swings around, you duck, and you, you take a knife and plunge it into the side of the polar bear. I said, you're kidding me. I can't believe that. Huh. And her friend verified that what she was saying was true. So they eat polar bear and elk and different things. Wow. We have got to hear how this translates into places like Nunavik uh, uh, country up in the Arctic. But we have got to step away just for a couple of minutes. I'm talking with Lou Keith, fascinating uh, man with fascinating story and practical principles that can make a difference for you. The show's American Indian Living. We've got a lot more coming up. Things that can make a difference. Simple principles from the Butler Creek Health Institute. You don't want to miss what's coming up because it will make a difference in your life. If you're not applying these principles, you want to take note. Stay tuned. We're back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. Don't go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. 
For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose and with Lou Keith. The venue is Houston, Texas. We're talking about things, simple things that can make a difference as far as your health. Lou actually runs a organization called the Butler Creek Health Education Center, and he's been doing this for nearly two decades. Lou shared his journey on the earlier segment, but now we're talking about simple principles that can make a difference for you across Indian country and beyond. Lou, you have our interest because you were sharing a story with us. You were up uh, in the Arctic Circle working with the uh, Nunavik peoples. Uh, you had met a woman who was uh, uh, using traditional ways of uh, catching wild game, including using a knife in hand-to-hand combat with polar bears. Uh, pretty dramatic stuff. So what were you able to share there about how they could use your principles of eating stuff that comes out of the garden when they really weren't growing anything? Well, when they, they didn't have a garden. Yeah. And I think you have to take circumstances into account. You always want to do your best. And we have a, a slogan, you always want something better. Uh-huh. But you know, sometimes the best you can do may not be the healthiest, but it's just still your best. So what we concentrated on, they, basically it was a, a diet of uh, wild game. Okay. So we tried to make a distinction between the healthiest type of wild game. Huh. And there are some principles regarding, you know, the Bible would draw the distinction between clean and unclean meat. And there are some principles that govern uh, animals that are more healthy to serve uh-huh. as food. And so we tried to emphasize that these would be the best choice. And in the preparation of the food, you know, it might be better if you can have methods other than maybe salting or smoking. And, and, and there are, they, they can do that. They can make improvements. Uh-huh. And they can, well, there, there were no roads going into the place. So everything that came in came by boat when the uh, waterways were open and it came by plane. So it was very okay. expensive. It wasn't really feasible or practical 
but tried to emphasize the principle of always doing your best. Okay, well, let's, let's make it practical then. For someone listening today that's in a situation like this, uh, whether it's uh, Alaska, whether it's uh, other coastal areas where they may say, well, we don't traditionally grow much or we don't have a long growing season, you mentioned healthier wild game. You alluded to a concept, a biblical concept. Whether someone believes the Bible has any authority or not, I'll tell you, I have looked at this concept and I think from an environmental health standpoint and other standpoints, it makes sense. But you explain it to, as you would explain it uh, there in, uh, in a Nunavik uh, village. Well, you know, it's, and you have to make things simple. People mm-hmm. can come in and talk about, say, you know, axons, dendrites, neurotransmitters, and acetylcholine, <laughs> and people don't know what they're saying. Right, right. So you need to relate to people in a language that they can understand. And I think people can understand catfish, different kind of shellfish, they're bottom feeders. It might not be the best thing to eat fish that, you know, that, that do their, uh, their lifestyle is on the bottom of the creek and filtering poisons. And there's an accumulation of toxin and different uh-huh. things. I think people see that. They see a distinction between certain animals, you know, the unclean and the clean, the habits and the practices of the animals. And even if they can't fully see it, I think still they can see that their lifestyle choices, the ones they can control, can have a, an effect on their lifestyle. And that, that wasn't very clear. Well, let me ask you this, okay, because I'm listening to what you're saying, and I, I think some of it's coming through. In the, in the biblical world, they would speak, if we're talking about the seafood, they would say those fish that have fins and scales, those are the good ones to eat. And right. what I heard you saying is, well, that's because if you think about it, those shellfish and those uh, catfish, they don't have fins and scales. They're often bottom feeders, uh, shark, uh, you know, they'd be car- carnivorous fish. Yeah. Those usually were not to be eaten, right? Yeah, yeah not the healthiest. So the, if we were to say it from an environmental health standpoint, We'd say eat foods lower on the food chain. So you're not eating those uh, things that are dwelling on garbage and filth, uh, you know, bottom feeders, and you're not dwelling on those big carnivorous uh, uh, creatures. Bring us to the wild game, though, on the land. What is the principle there? Because I struggle with this, too. You know, how do we conceptualize this? I kind of look at it as the, the healthier choices are the generally herbivores, things that are eating plants. Right. Whereas, uh, you know, we, you talked to the polar bear and you mentioned the elk. Yeah. So the, the, elk, el- the elk is the herbivore. Right. Elk is the herbivore. And that uh, when we look at toxin levels as a physician, we look at research, the polar bear is going to have a lot of toxins in its tissue because it's accumulating all the toxins of other animals that it's eaten. And people say, well, I mean, it's in the Arctic. I mean, there's no toxins up there. But the, the whole world really has been, been polluted, been contaminated. So am I understanding right? When you were enunciating these principles, you would say an elk would be a better choice than a polar bear, or am I missing something? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. And, and so we present, of course, it's a, it's, it's a Christian expansion of the health message. We present the list that's given in the Bible as clean, as opposed to those that aren't clean. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be a lot of scientific validation for that principle. And But still, we just want to try to... to encourage people to begin to think and ask questions about what they're eating. Mm-hmm. Great, great. So diet's a big thing, and the ideal situation would be if you're in a place with a long growing season, get that garden sure. there. In, in Georgia, where the Butler Creek Health Education Center is, I mean, you've still got winter there, right? 
Yeah, but we can, in a greenhouse, we can grow kale, broccoli. We can grow certain greens year-round. We have early, early growing season in February. We can start food. So we're in a very good climate for growing food. But there are season extenders. You can use greenhouses and, uh-huh. and cold frames and different things. But if you want to, you know, economize, you want to cut down your food bill, you want to avoid, you know, the GMO-type foods. Uh-huh. The jury's still out on that question. If you want to avoid that, if you want organic food, you know, all these things are very expensive. Uh-huh. But when you grow it yourself, you know what you're getting. Right, it's, right. Uh, it's, it's the price is, is, is right, and you get the exercise and the sunshine, and it's all the health benefits of getting outside and working in the garden, too. Boy, I mean, you're tempting me right now just to close up shop here in Houston and come out to Georgia. I'm serious. I'm <laughs> yeah, well, not it's just healthier. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but um, a lot of people, as they're listening to this, they're saying, you know, this guy's just telling us what we did historically. I've been amazed over the years as I travel throughout Indian country. Um, a lot of folks don't realize, even in Indian country, they don't realize that historically, before European contact, most tribes, at least many of them, were agriculturally based, cultivating crops. Uh, you know, a lot of times you hear people speaking about hunter-gatherers, but there's a long history of agriculture in Indian country. And you're really saying to Native Americans, get back to your roots. Sure. You know, back in those, uh, we say now the olden days, uh-huh. people didn't have all the different kind of lifestyle diseases we face now. Mm-hmm. So we have the modern diet and with it the modern diseases. So we say get back to the roots. And some of these lifestyle diseases, they go away when we take away, you know, the modernization of the American diet and lifestyle. There, there is still one thing that's, you know, kind of one pregnant question if you will just waiting to be asked because i'm still trying to figure this out if i go down to butler creek you don't preserve anything so it's just all fresh stuff that you're you're basically eating we can hundreds and hundreds of quarts tomatoes and different things blueberries we have we have a large uh, garden a small farm Mm -hmm. so we preserve we dry we freeze we can. Okay. And uh, we try to keep things going fresh that we give to our guests and uh-huh. our students year-round. So uh-huh. it's, it's a variety of different things. Now, you got my interest again because you mentioned not only guests. So these are people that if it were a conventional medical setting, we'd call them patients, right? Correct. But you're looking at this as being more of a journey where you're helping people rather than treating them. You're not a physician, right? I am not a physician. Uh I'm thankful that the principles of lifestyle medicine, simple people can understand them and simple people can share them in a simple way. But, you know, 19 years ago when this ministry, when this organization was formed, we're a nonprofit charity and got underway, I had in my mind, I'd been on the staff at Wildwood Hospital for a few years, mm-hmm. and my orientation was toward what we would say lifestyle medicine. Okay. But when we got out there into the woods, we didn't have a facility. We didn't have a staff. We didn't have money. Nobody knew we were there. Mm-hmm. And so we were hoping that somebody, somehow, we'd find some guests that would come. And we knew we had a good program. We knew, I, I'd seen it work. Uh-huh. I knew people could find help. And the first call I got was from a man that came out of the Silverdale Jail. Hmm. He had uh, been selling drugs, taking drugs. He was facing those challenges. The second guest we had was a young man from New York City. He was a crack addict, heroin addict, alcoholic. Mm. Third man we got was also some drug issues. So from that day until this, we've kind of specialized, a special focus on people with drug and alcohol problems. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I'd had those issues myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had some sympathy and some understanding. Uh-huh. And, and I could see that the help people needed, you know, certainly lifestyle is part. 
but to break decisions, break habits, you know, somebody that's been smoking for 20 years or, or an alcoholic or into some kind of opiate drug addiction, mm-hmm. they need a lot more than a carrot or a stick of asparagus. Mm-hmm. They need something that's going to help them to break free of these habits, something that will help them to change, to transform their mind. So, yeah, the, the physical lifestyle, exercise, getting to bed early, drinking your water, a plant-based diet, all these things are nice. Getting some sunshine every day, these are nice. But if that's all you have with the gifts that we have, you don't have much. They need the whole picture. Wow. We've got to talk more about that whole picture. You're able to stay by, right, Lou? If it's a good one. Okay, good, good. I just wanted to make sure because I know there's a lot of folks who are listening, whether they're native or not, that struggle with these issues. I mean, drug addiction, whether it's opioid addiction, sure. whether it's uh, uh, illicit drugs. I mean, we got to talk more. I'm talking with Lou Keith. Lou is the uh, the president of Butler Creek Health Education Center, and he's got a lot more to share. We're going to give contact information, too, for Butler Creek when we come back. Some of you may want to take advantage of their resources on the Internet or even uh, attend a program there. Lou is going to be back. Don't miss it because these are practical things that can make a difference for you, for your community, your tribe. And I'll tell you, it can be life-changing. We'll be back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. We're back right after this. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke, sudden weakness on one side, or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. 
It is Dr. David DeRose and across from me, Lou Keith, as we continue an exciting show for American Indian Living. We're recording today in Houston, Texas. Lou is the president of Butler Creek Health Education Center. If you've been with us from the top of the hour, Lou's been talking about simple principles. These are principles that Native Americans have recognized and have utilized for centuries. He's saying, listen, doesn't matter whether you're Native or not. These principles can change your life. They're not just Native principles. From Lou's perspective, they are also biblical principles. So if you're a Christian, it resonates there. Here's my point. It doesn't matter what you're interested in. If you want better health, I believe Lou is sharing with us uh, principles that we all need. He's going to tell us in a minute about drug and alcohol addiction, some things that can help in those lines. But, Lou, before we get into that, I know there's folks that are very interested in your program. How do they get more information about it? Uh, They're welcome to call us. My number is 931-213-1029, 931-213-1029. And we also have a presence on the Internet. We have a website, butlercreekhealth.org. Butler Creek runs. It's a nice creek going through our property, butlercreekhealth.org. You can see pictures of our facility, read about our program and our school and our farm. Great. So the Butler Creek Health, I mean, that's easy, .org, website easy. I got as far as hearing the area code, 931, but that's as far as I got. What's your your phone number? 931-213-213. One zero two nine nine three one two one three one zero two nine. Okay, and if you're tuning into American Indian Living today, all of the networks that air our show and the some hundred and fifty uh, stations that carry American Indian Living uh, indirectly by v- virtue of those networks actually have access to a program description. That program description includes contact information for the guests. So whether they're posting that on their station website or whether you're listening uh, on a network, if you're listening on a show, uh, Native Voice One or Life Talk Radio, Family First Radio, Radio 74, some of the networks that carry us, uh, a network site may also have that information. So Butler Creek Health we've been talking about. And um, Lou, you mentioned a training program. You mentioned educational resources. Let's talk especially where we left off, that person who right now, they're in the throes of an alcohol addiction. They're hooked on crack. Maybe it's meth. You've seen all those people in your center. Does it really work? Uh, People call, and they ask about the success rate of our program. Okay. And I always tell them the same thing. I say, well, our success rate's 100% if they follow the program. Okay. And it's a hundred percent failure if they don't. Whoa! And uh, because and often mothers call uh-huh. and they have a great interest in their children. Right. And their child might be forty-five or fifty years old, mm-hmm. but they want to know: Can my son find help in your program? And I say, Well, ma'am, we can give him the information. We can tell him about diet and exercise, and we we have the information, but we can't make the choice for him. And unless he makes the choice. It will not change his actions. We can force him. We can tie him up. We can pay him money not to. Hmm. But those Mm -hmm. things, they don't work. It's a temporary quick fix. It doesn't address the problem. The choice, the the will has to be enlisted. The mind has to be transformed, renewed. And that's that we can't do that. Mm -hmm. So I say, if your son comes, it's his choice. If he makes the right choice, he can get, he can have his his mind restored. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's ask this. Someone right now, sure, they have an interest in a family member, a husband, a wife, a child, a grandchild. 
the program's going to do no good just to send someone there if they That's don't right. choose to embrace what you're sharing. But but what is it? What is so powerful that you can assure them if they apply this program, they're going to have a hundred percent success rate? You know, that's a couple of questions. Let me let me say first of all, there was a lady that came to our program. Her testimony is on our website. So you go to our website, you just click on the lifestyle page. Her testimony occupies the entire right side. She came there heavily addicted to heroin. And it's it's an interesting story how she got there. But when she arrived, basically her her family had, had disowned her. Her friends had thought she was a hopeless case. And she asked me the question, will this program work for me? And I said, do you have any interest, even the, the least glimmer, any kind of interest in changing? And she said, yes. And I said, that's all you need. Hmm. She had an interest. She had a willingness. And that lady walked out four weeks later, absolutely restored. And to this day, she has a, a new life. And uh, how can that come about? Uh, to make a long story short, I was doing health meetings in Armenia. And in Armenia, they do not allow any sort of content regarding spiritual things from a religious standpoint. So night after night talking about, you know, hypertension and different things, how to restore your health. And the night I left, I asked for questions. The lady raised her hand and she said, I've got one question. I said, okay. It's translated from Russian to English. And she said, you came in here one night and you said you had the worst health. And now you got the best. Hmm. You said you had the worst marriage, and now you have the best. You said you had no friends, and now you have the best. You said you've been in jail, and now you got the best work in the world. She said, but you never said what made the difference. Huh. And she said, my question is, well, what made the difference? And I just told her, you know, if there's a creator and he has an interest in his creation, he has more of a desire to help us than we have to be helped. Huh. And I asked for help from our creator, and my life began to change. Wow. And from that day until this, my life has changed. Mm -hmm. So certainly part of our program is a good lifestyle change, the physical factors. Uh -huh. But, you know, how the brain works, what we put into our minds, the exercise that we get, useful labor. There are a number of factors that are connected to a, a sound mind. Mm -hmm. and so that's what we present. But that last step, the transforming of the mind, that's a work of a loving God with creative power. And I've never seen him fail. Wow. Well, this is something, uh, it's a sobering thought. Whether, Regardless of what perspective you come from, Lou is presenting a picture. And I'm, if you know my story, it's, I mean, it's not identical to Lou's, but, but I was someone who didn't think uh, there was a creator, didn't really think that that was uh, relevant at all but i've come to the same conclusion as you and i've seen that uh, creator make a difference in my life as well well lou you not only help people with lifestyle change you're also training people to be agents of change so people come to your facility for an educational program sure. tell us a little bit about what that's all about you know it's called different things some say medical missionary work some say health evangelism but, you know, my idea of religion is not just talking about a merciful creator. It's trying to reveal something of his goodness. Hmm. So people come to our program. It's one year. It's a work-study program. We don't charge anything. We're a nonprofit charity. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, you got a school 
And if my son or daughter wants to come to your school, it's not going to cost them a penny? No. It's a work study. Well, it'll cost them some work. Okay. <laughs> it'll cost okay. them some hard work. Okay. But they don't have to, to shell out any tuition. The, uh, the, the tuition is paid by the labor, but, you know, even the work is educational. You learn mm-hmm. how to cook. You learn how to farm. You learn how to work with people because our students, they eat with and work with our guests that are coming. Wow. So everything is kind of rolled into one type of organization. Uh-huh. But... Our definition of religion is you go out and you help somebody with their problems. And since most folks have lifestyle issues, lifestyle education is a good preparation for, for religion. Uh-huh. And so when they go and they learn practical skills, you can help uh, patch the roof on their house. You can help them to weed their crops. If you're in Vietnam, you can help them to pull the rice and you can help them with their health laws, too, in their body. And so we try, to, we try to have a program that produces practical, simple, well-rounded, informed, science-based health evangelists. Hmm. Now, the, the term health evangelist, I mean, that confers different things, uh, you know, in, in, in different people's minds. Uh, evangelism, a lot of times people put that in the realm of religion, but the yeah. root word means telling good news. Sure. So really... You're training people to share the good news about healthful living. Is it more than that, though? It's, uh, you know, when I went to Wildwood Hospital, my first interaction with Christians, my wife was pregnant. The physician did not hear a fetal heartbeat. He advised us to get a sonogram. I did. And earlier the next morning, the doctor came in with the results. He told me the child was anencephalic. Mm. I had been reading a book on midwifery and my wife and I, we were way out there, you know, we Mm -hmm. were, we were into alternative things. I've been reading a book on midwifery. I knew what anencephalic meant, couldn't form a skull. Mm -hmm. I knew basically it was a death sentence for Uh the baby. And, uh, three days later, the child was, I delivered the child and he died in my hand and I've never felt my need more than at that moment. Mm. Now, when people have health issues, cancer, you know, they have these, uh, these challenging health issues. They feel their need. They need something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to meet that need without looking somewhere outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I believe I'm motivated by a, a sincere desire to know a loving creator. Mm-hmm. I think the creator is universal, that he's willing to help anybody that needs help. He's willing to be, to be approached by anybody that wants to approach him and to make himself known. And part of our work as health evangelism is to make known a merciful, loving creator that does a pretty good job of being a great physician, too. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that inspires me about the work you're doing, Lou, you know, a lot of people, whether they're in Indian country or anywhere else, I mean, there's, there's been too many people that, well, came around saying, quote, we're here to help, we care about you. But it's always about the dollars. Yeah. You know, they're they're looking for the uh, uh, the big uh, big financial return on their investment, and you're really doing things on a very very limited budget. As I understand it, even for a guest to come to your program, they're not having to shell out a lot of money. Yeah, the uh, you know it's a, it's a it's a Bible principle. It's Matthew ten eight: freely have received, freely give. Hmm. The Lord gave me back my life. And I don't think he wants to me to commercialize that message. So, yeah, we have, a, we have a program. Our staff, we're volunteers. We charge a price for a program that covers our expenses. 
We're about to have an online educational program. You can come and take the classes online. Won't cost anything. Wow. Or we have, of course, we have to meet expenses. We charge something, but we try not to uh, commercialize the message that God's people needs. Well, this is exciting. Butler Creek Health Education Center and uh, and Lou Keith sharing with us some uh, some very practical things. I know that. Um, some of you may be interested in learning from Lou. Maybe you can't get out there to Georgia, but they are going to be putting many of these resources online. Am sure. I understanding correctly, Lou, though, that you've all already got a lot that's online? Uh, we have several of our classes, some of our program online, but people call, and maybe they're in a too far away, don't have the time, don't have the finances, so we do it over the telephone. We send them our material in the mail. doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, our health uh, resident health education experts is ha- very happy to talk with people over the telephone too, and to give what you know counsel and suggestions we can. Tremendous. No cost. Again, it's uh, butlercreekhealth.org if you want to get a hold of Lou. Lou uh, gave us a phone number as well nine three one two one three one zero two nine. Again, that's nine three one two one three one zero two nine. Lou, I know. Uh, You've got to slip away. You've got a booth here at ASI, and uh, I've got another guest waiting in the wings. But thank you so much for sharing with us. All right. It has been a pleasure, Dr. DeRose, and uh, best wishes. Thank you. We'll be back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. Another fascinating guest for our final segment. You don't want to miss that. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Today's broadcast has been prerecorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand. And someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. 
Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to the final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose, across from me, a new guest to wind up our show. His name is Al Trace. Al is the director of the Black Hills School of Massage. And speaking about Indian country, I don't think you get any more to the heart of Indian country than the Black Hills, a sacred area there to many First Nation peoples. You have been running a massage school there at the Black Hills Health and Education Center for a long time now, haven't you? Since 2007. Was uh, was the first that became a, a licensed school. Before that, actually, back yeah, quite a few years before that, before they even had required a licensure in the state of South Dakota. So you are actually not just offering a massage training program; you are training people with um, kind of state-of-the-art techniques. Um, anybody who trains there can take a national certifying license, right? Correct. Now, I guess one of the questions always comes up with certification. I know you're a small school. Um, I'll just be honest with you. A lot of people are saying, okay, here's a small school, training massage therapists. Yeah, they can take a, a licensure exam, but what are the odds they're going to pass it? Uh, well, good. <laughs> and, and why do you say that? Well, <laughs> since 2007, uh, we've had a 100% pass rate on our national exam. 100% pass rate? No one's failed? No one's failed. No now, one's even had to retake it, which really? you can retake it. Now, I know you're a small school. You have one program a year. Is that right? Yes. Right now, we have one a year. We've talked about doing two or doing a, kind of a modular program for states that require more hours. Mm-hmm. We are, we're a 600-hour program, but let's if the state requires 750, we would also be able to take those, those who need that for another month or two to finish that up. Okay, so do you have any feel for what percentage of states uh, will accept the 600-hour program? The majority. Okay. Yeah, most of the most of the states require 500 hours minimum. Uh-huh. Some states require 600. A couple, I think, require 650. Okay. There are two or three that require 1,000 hours. Okay. And uh, actually, one of the states is looking about dropping back to 1,000 hours. Dropping back yeah. or, or increasing it to 1,000? You know, d- dropping back because it's it's hurting their opportunities for employment of massage therapists. Oh, so they're, in other words, they're going to reduce their hours. They're talking Correct. about it so that they could accept someone trained at Black Hills, for example, at yeah, 600. right. Yeah, that makes sense. So you basically have a great pass rate. Um, it's a small school. How many typically in the programs? There's six-month programs, right, mm-hmm. that you run? Yep. How many in the program typically? You know, typically a low of six, maybe a high of uh, 12. Okay, so they're going to get a lot of personalized uh, instruction. Absolutely. And what does the training look like? Well, they, there's, a, there's several areas of training. We do the hands-on teaching of the modalities, the massage techniques. Mm-hmm. We teach them a course in nutrition. We teach them a course okay. in psychology and communications. Really? Business, ethics. Uh-huh. Um, and... Um, we teach them also, you know, anatomy, physiology, pathology, kinesiology. Mm-hmm. And so they get a, a good overview of what's necessary to become a beginning therapist. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. And uh, folks come, they get the training. 
do most people come with a desire to go out and make a career of that, or are some people saying we just wanted to use it at home, or what kind of range it, do you have? It's really a mix because a lot of the students uh, want to get into kind of a medical ministry kind of uh, scenario. They want to go to a, a lifestyle center. They want to go overseas and volunteer. Hmm. Um, and then there are some that want to start a private practice. Okay. We had uh, our last class. We had a retired. Uh, colonel from the army, thirty-year really? <laughs> colonel, that said, "I'm tired of ordering people around. I've been in Afghanistan, Iraq twice. I want to give back." Really, and, uh, incredible guy. He was like the surrogate father to the to the young ladies in the course. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh, that is neat. So you've got programs typically right now that are starting in January. So we're recording this show in. August of 2017. Am I correct? Your next program starts January 2018? Yes, that's correct. January the 8th, 2018. Now, if someone is listening right now, this show is probably going to be airing, you know, at least initially sometime in, in September. It, some, some shows re-air, um, but they can contact you personally, or yep. do you have a website? What's the best way to yeah, get involved? Uh, probably the easiest way. I tell people it's just, I, uh, to, to email me at uh, altrace at gmail.com or my cell number text me call me area code 423-710-4873 okay now that went by pretty quick so you are al trace so it's real simple a-l-t-r-a-c-e at gmail.com so anybody can just if they get can get online they can get a hold of you and they can get more information about the massage uh, training program there at the Black Hills Health and Education Center. And then the phone, 423 area code. Yep, 710. 710, okay. 4873-4873. So 423-710-4873. Right. Now let's, let's just talk a little bit more about your training program. I'll tell you a little bit about my history. You may or may not know this, but some years ago, when I was in Northern California, there was a program back then that was also similar to your program, uh, a massage training program. I actually helped uh, teach in that uh, school. It no longer uh, uh, offers that uh, massage training curriculum, but um, kind of same idea, giving people a solid basis in physiology and, and pathology, you know, disease processes right. and how that relates to massage. And I really enjoyed working with that group. A lot of great uh, young people. But many people, like you mentioned, um, you know, were attracted to that program who weren't just right out of school. We, we right. did have some kids out of high school that were there, but we had other people, you know, mothers, uh, you know, people in their 50s, whatever. As I'm thinking about the needs in Indian country. Yes. And you're right there in South Dakota. I know there's a lot of needs in many of the tribes that I've visited that massage therapy would help. Absolutely. Tell us your own experience there at Black Hills. What difference do you see happening when someone gets a massage? What kind of conditions are being benefited? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, we're, we're not that far from Pine Ridge. Mm-hmm. And our students last year went down and did uh, uh, health uh, chair massage for a health expo there. Mm-hmm. And the feedback was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of women who might have been in abusive situations, realize how beneficial, significant, appropriate touch can be. And uh, in fact, right now, I was just speaking with a a Native American leader saying we would like to get uh, a Native American young lady who we could train to go back onto the res 
and work with uh, the native population, especially women. Hmm. And uh, but the benefits they get uh, are significant. You know, stress reduction. People come in with oh muscle issues, uh, things like fibromyalgia. You know, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. the treatment profiles of that just work really, really well. Mm -hmm. I have fibromyalgia. I'm a I'm a massage therapist, so I'm pretty intuitive to uh -huh. what people deal with. You know. And I've, I've gotten an incredible amount of benefit from uh -huh. that. I think it's just tremendous because, and you mentioned something a lot of people don't think about. Many people have been inappropriately touched. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in Indian country, when we talk about this, whether it's an abusive relationship or whether it's a experience in a boarding school years ago. Right. or I mean, you know, the scenarios are endless. Many times people have huge barriers when it comes to touch. Absolutely. And yet massage therapy, as you care for someone's health needs, can be healing on an emotional and spiritual level as well. Absolutely. And that's why we use chair massage to start. Mm. So they're not taking their clothes off. They're not laying on a nope. table. They're not disrobing and uh, doing chair massage. Mm. You can get so many benefits just from five or ten minutes in a, in a massage chair. Wow. And then people will say, "Wow, this is really good. I'd like to. I'd like to get a, a longer one. Uh, you know, a uh -huh. sixty-minute massage, and it's pretty amazing." Let me ask you a question. Our time is is rapidly slipping away, but there's folks who are very close to you in the northern plains, whether it's yep. the Dakotas, Minnesota. Um, they're listening on tribal stations, and they're saying, "I wonder if they'd come out and do something on our." reservation in our nation like you did in pine ridge is that an option do you guys travel or is that, that pretty tough we do a lot of that actually really you know, we love doing that because you, we get the students get to see how significant the power of touch is we've traveled to various places uh we're going to be doing several this coming year we go to the stock show in Rapid City, you know, where we get a lot of people. Okay. So we'd be happy to do that. Great. Let me give that contact information again. If you want to get uh, more information about the Massage Training School at the Black Hills Health and Education Center, or if you want to talk with Al, see if you can get some of his students out to your reservation, to your community center. It's Al Trace, A-L Trace, T-R-A-C-E, at gmail.com. And Al, that phone number one more time. Area code 423-710. Four eight seven three. Okay, if you didn't catch that the first time, area code four two three seven one zero four eight seven three. The organization Black Hills Health and Education Center. You can also find it online. But our time has slipped away. Al, thanks so much for squeezing time out of your busy schedule okay. and joining us. We've got to run. Hopefully today's show, whether it was uh, featuring things happening in the southeast or whether things in your backyard, perhaps in South Dakota, have made a difference for you. As always, I'm Dr. David DeRose wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One the Native American Radio Network.